0: Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Building Better Businesses podcast where we talk mindset, marketing, and business building strategies. I'm your host, Shakina Johnson, and this is the podcast for those wanting to start their entrepreneurial journey and create a business and lifestyle they love. You can find detailed show notes on jsrvision.com. And today I'm here with special guests, Kimberly Melusis, who is a CPA tech specialist her natural health entrepreneur and abundance coach. She's going to be talking to us today about how she made her switch from the corporate world to her current business as well. So thank you for joining me today. Kimberly, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. No, oh, it's a pleasure having you today. Um, welcome back. <laughs> you know, based off of our, our original conversation. So this is going to be a great episode, I think, for those listening in. Um, you've had such an interesting journey, especially with, uh, you know, transitioning from the corporate world to what you are currently doing. And, you know, mm-hmm. my audience, uh, my clients is doing the same thing. So it works out perfectly. Uh, so good. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do.
1: And we'll go from there. Well, what I do now, I have the pleasure of being able to serve people with their physical needs, their emotional needs, their mental needs, and even their financial needs and that 's because I have a natural health business focused on educating people about essential oils, but uh, it's a broader natural health product base, and I also have the awesome privilege of being able to raise up other leaders to do what I do, and so that helps them in their financial side so uh, I would be considered a an essential oil expert, I suppose now, which is a far cry from being a CPA tax specialist. Let me tell you, <laughs> that it is right. <laughs> I mean, that couldn't have been.
0: Uh, I won't say easy, but it's definitely a switch, uh, an entire switch. Um, mm-hmm like, I I used to be in the legal industry for well over a decade, and I am doing something totally different (laughs) from what I originally was doing, so I can imagine it's the same for you. Um, Although I bet the skills that you learned when in the legal world, they still help you today, right? That they do, Um, because the attention to detail on things is, Mm Is bananas especially in, in litigation so um you can't you can't really mess up in exactly litigation so it it does transfer into like other life skills which is amazing um but i uh, how is it the same for you from like tax professional to natural
1: health uh oh and you know you'd think how can there be any connection at all because like are they not a world apart but (laughs) the truth is like you said i mean i i'll give you an example you know when i was working as a cpa there's not nothing not nothing that there's not nothing there's not anything that left my desk without three pairs of eyes reviewing it like review was so important that attention to detail that you talk about absolutely essential i understood the importance of quality checking you know the work that we were doing and so then when i started getting into the essential oil world well doesn't that play into the whole process and absolutely it does because if you don't have quality if you don't have you know auditing along the process of creating essential oils i mean that's that's how i knew that the company that i was representing was actually the best company is because i was an auditor because i understood about third-party testing and so yeah that's just one example but so much of the diligence that i learned through university and their professionalism, but I'll tell you, you know, even the bookkeeping skills are really, really helpful when you're an entrepreneur. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, it, that it does.
1: <laughs> um, you know, because
0: a lot of new entrepreneurs anyway tend to overlook some of those details. However, uh, you don't need to be perfect. You just kind of need to get started, right? So yep, absolutely. It doesn't, and I, I, suffered from that in the beginning. I needed everything to be perfect. So (laughs) because of the attention to detail I was so used to in the litigation field. So
1: uh, You do have to get over yourself a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: I just had to say screw it. I just gotta go
1: (laughs) exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But um so yeah, you you made that transition from a corporate from a corporate senior tax professional to your natural health. What made you want to do like switch like that? That's a
1: big jump, I think. It is, you know, but I guess I went into accounting because it seemed pretty stable. I mean, I came from a very unstable background, a lot of a lot of abuse, a lot of, you know, really bad things happening. And so I was just looking for something that would be reliable, I guess, that I could do for a career. I had the blessing of having great marks in school despite um, my living situation. So I was able to pursue, you know, becoming a CPA and uh, which was at that time, it was a CA with Chartered Accountant, now it's Chartered Professional Accountant. So they've changed the designation name, but it's the same thing. And so I pursued it. I loved my job uh, as a tax specialist. I didn't love an auditing side. So I really wanted to get out of auditing, auditing and kind of focus on tax. And that's what I did. So I got into corporate tax. I went into financial institutions, corporate tax and more general corporate tax. But the whole time, I realized that the part of my job that I loved the best was my investing in other people. And that's, interestingly enough, not the part of my work that was ever Mm -hmm. acknowledged. Like, you know, that's not going to get me a bonus by investing in other people. It was the chargeable hours. That was the really, you know, big thing for them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But I loved investing in other people. Uh, I knew that I was kind of cut out for more. Uh, I was grateful for my job, you know, six-figure income earner, amazing benefits, window office, you know, staff underneath me. I had everything from a corporate uh, perspective, but I didn't have contentment inside. I knew I was called to more. I wanted to pursue the more. And a big part of it was the fact that I had three kids that I had had the privilege of homeschooling for a few years but i had to leave that go back to work and i missed it i i really wanted more time with my kids i knew that at the end of my life i wasn't going to be thinking gee i wish i would have spent more time in the office
0: <laughs> right
1: and it's interesting
0: because you and i have a lot of parallels in mm. um it, it it is the i knew i was meant for more right <laughs> like me <laughs> I remember sitting at my desk, and i didn't have a problem doing my job i didn't have a problem uh, like interacting or dealing with any part of it um, but there was something about just sitting at my desk I remember sitting at my desk one day it was just like i what am I doing here <laughs> why, why am I here? what am i you know exactly. um like I, I can't be i have to be doing more than this and it was just something about that entrepreneurial itch that just kind of needed to be scratched but <laughs> journey of just like I know for me I don't know if it's true for you but for me it was more of a uh, like soul searching type of a thing uh, mm-hmm. a self-proclaimed journey of sorts just um, mm-hmm. sh- try to find out what type of person that I am so um, like I, I took a deliberate deliberate soul searching like mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely that I, I wanted to do and none of the things I didn't like and so it just kind of progressed from there so you know, I, it, it kind of sounds like because there's such a big jump from, you know, being a tax professional to being a natural uh, uh, health entrepreneur, um, it's such a big leap. And I, and mm-hmm. I wonder if it, you said you liked helping people, but I wonder if it's, it, it helps you more.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's in, so
0: in, funny. Yeah. Like it helps you more in like realizing, uh, I don't know the type of person that you are, want to be, could be type yeah. of thing. Um Yeah. And and I think a lot of new business owners who are transitioning doing the same thing, because it's a lot of what my audience is right now is just, you know, professionals transitioning <laughs> into their businesses. And I wonder if they're feeling the same thing,
1: you know. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I honestly believe that when you're doing what you feel is what you're called to do. Of course, you're going to make a huge impact on other people because, I mean, that's that's a big part of what all of us are called to do is to impact people in one way or another, right? But it's gonna it's going to come back to you like a hundredfold in terms of the benefits to yourself. So you're absolutely right. Like, you know, I wanted to help other people. I wanted to invest in other people. But at the same time, it has been the biggest personal growth journey, and I feel like I've become a better version of myself, you know, as the years have gone on because of this journey. So definitely, it's win-win, right? Love it. It is. And it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I had a,
0: a revelation of sorts, uh, I think the other day, about, about something similar. Um, because it is a revelation. It is a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we don't really understand how much being a business owner affects you personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go around asking, like in my, in my early 20s, early college years, I would go around asking people as a social experiment of sorts, I think, um, like, why don't you just start a business? And it, and it took me a minute to understand years and years, almost to my 30s, to understand that there's a lot of work that goes involved in that. There's a, a, self, a self-development, journey you oh, yeah. consider uh but you don't really think about it you just like hey I just want to start a business right but um that's the easy part <laughs> saying that you want to start a business that's the easy part in comparison to what it actually takes you through um yeah it's like saying I want to have a kid <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah that's the easy part <laughs> you know and raising your child isn't Entirely different. Oh yeah, and and going through it, um, like again, my nine-year-old, she's in her eye-rolling phase right now. Oh no. So we're. we're I have a twenty-one-year-old in that phase. (laughs) It doesn't get any better, people. Oh. (laughs) But um, (laughs) switching gears for a little bit, because since we are talking about children, um, now you had a surprise pregnancy that caused you to change paths for a little bit, right? Um, yeah can you talk a little bit about how that it you know impacted your decisions and how I guess yeah let's start from there how it impacted your decisions
1: yeah so at the time you know when when I had left work so basically that I didn't cover this part, but what happened is I, I decided I was going to pursue the more. I really wanted to go after the more. I didn't know what it was, but I thought, well, maybe it has to do with marriage ministry because my husband and I had just put our marriage back together. Um, we thought that our marriage was over, but we had friends that really invested in us. We put our marriage back together and we thought, well, maybe we can help other people in their marriages. Maybe that's what we're supposed to do. And so we thought, okay, I'm going to leave work. I'm going to write a book. That's what I'm going to do. (laughs) I'm going to write a book about, you know, our journey, share it with other people. Well, I clearly had too much time on my hands because that's when we got pregnant again. And at the time, my eldest was 19 and then I had a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. So it was entirely unexpected. We thought that we were done. And Uh, clearly we weren't so we we here we were again in a place where we're expecting a child but now suddenly things get a little bit more serious right because where you think that you have a little bit of of flexibility potentially uh, in what you can do suddenly that your your options become much more limited and so we immediately knew that we had to sell our house in Toronto because we didn't have enough capital to kind of keep us going with me not having the potential to continue doing what i was doing and so we sold our house in toronto and then we thought well we're going to flip houses and so we took our capital we went to um, buy a house way in the country for the little bit of money that we had left over after we paid off all of our debt and our hope was that we could flip houses to create enough money that i could stay home my husband could stay home and we could raise this this new little one in a very different way than I had raised my other kids. Because my other kids, I was always the working mom. You know, I, I had homeschooled them for a couple of years, but for the most part, I was the working mom, and we didn't want that again. Um, but it was at this that time that we realized that really wasn't the houses that were flipping; it was us. <laughs> we were the ones flipping because we were living in the house, and it was crazy. And there's renovations, and we just wanted to tear each other apart. So. We just decided that was not the thing, and it was at that time that I got introduced to what I'm doing now. And when I found it, or rather when it found me, is kind of how I often look at it, it seemed to me to be the missing piece from my health journey, because I had been on a health journey, and I couldn't stop talking about it, but it was the hope that I could maybe produce some amount of income. I had no clue what where it would gonna, was, was going to go and how successful it would be, but I thought well maybe I could produce some amount of income at least mm-hmm. to uh, be able to stay home with this new little one, you know. So that's kind of the the path that we ended up following and I just knew that when you when you have one child going away to university and another one's coming into your life it gives you perspective and you start thinking where did the time go and I knew I didn't want to do what I had done before so so yeah it was it was a big part of what led us on our journey and I'm very grateful for it yeah it was a big shift um, a big shift
0: <laughs> how coming into your life is a uh, you have to rethink a lot of things <laughs> in mm-hmm. how you know you're pursuing things and um I, you know I, Again, I, I was the working mom, and I'm still part of the working mom team <laughs> here. But am um, definitely a working mom still. I just get to choose my hours. <laughs> you know, that's, and that's the flexibility of you know, being your own business. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's interesting because you know, working moms, and I, I don't know about you, but like for me in the beginning, it was, it was a little hard for me because I felt guilty about working so much. <laughs> and constantly, yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, I can't spend as much time as I want to. We can't do the things that we um would like to do because either I'm you know uh, working a full time job for somebody else, but then i i had I had to shift gears because it's my life <laughs> and, yeah. you know, the decision you make, you like I have to provide for my family, but I also want to be to a point where I can just be in a peaceful mindset and just kind of live um as as you are an abundance coach so live in abundance so uh-huh. <laughs> it kind of it worked out in that way um no can i
1: speak to the guilty mom thing for a second i think this is so important so what, one of the things that i i realized when i was working just like you said is i always felt guilty because i spent so many hours away i was in the office but then, what I realized is when I was at home and I was homeschooling, I still felt guilty because I felt like I could be doing more, maybe I was spending too much time doing chores and not enough time you know taking my kids on field trips and then and then I become a business owner and an entrepreneur, and then i feel I still feel guilty because well, maybe I still should you know so all i 'm saying is I think the whole guilt thing. Is just it's a disease that affects every mom that we need to get over and recognize that we're doing our best No matter what situation we're in whether we're having to work from an office Like I I did that for a whole hunk of years, right or whether we're at home or whether we have our own business All of these um, are are callings that we have to just embrace and just know that we give the best that we can to our kids and And it's enough. It's enough yeah, I, you know, I definitely agree,
0: and I had to come to that realization as well, um, because I, I have to work, right? Mm-hmm. I have to provide, um, mm-hmm. but I'm doing the best that I can, and I'm not alone. Absolutely, right? and you're a good mom, I bet. <laughs> I try. I'm working on it, working on it. Um, I lose my patience sometimes, but who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, Yeah. if you don't, you're not human. <laughs> right, right, um, but it, I, I, because I, I wasn't alone, I had to realize that thinking, you know, new mom syndrome, like, I'm in this by myself, and it feels like that sometimes, but it's not the truth, especially if you have a partner, um, or a relationship, you know, or the dad is in the child's life, um, in this case, my husband has always been there, and it's been one of those things where it's like, bless you, dear man, yeah. grateful <laughs> okay, well. but, um, it, it does something to, you know, uh, having kids and your outlook does definitely change, especially in life and how you even run your business, you know, and because you're a business owner, you can set your hours. If you're a, like a service professional, um, you can just kind of, you know, set your own hours. Um, but it, it, it works out. So um, switching gears just a little bit, um, outside of the things that you've mentioned, are there any types of struggles that you had to go through when like starting your business or transitioning into what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, so many, Um, but I'll I'll focus on two because I think these are two kind of common ones. And and the first one is that it's tough to let go of the fact that you are a CPA, you know, like in my case, I was a CPA, I had senior corporate tax manager at one of the largest CPA firms in the world. Um, It's tough to let go of that and your identity becomes so much attached to that. And so, when you start something new, you can often feel stupid, right? Like, what am I doing? You know, here I have a master's degree. What am I? What am I doing selling oils? You know, and when I calculate how much money I'm making per hour at the beginning, it's like you know, forty-two cents an hour. And you think, you know, I'm a six-figure income earner. Why? You know, am I doing this? And you really have to get over that mental that mental hurdle, I would say, of pride that gets so much attached to your title and your designation and your education and so on. And so that was one struggle that I had to really, really work through. And then the other one, it's so funny because one of the reasons why I didn't want to become a partner at the firm, so I was a senior corporate tax manager, the next step would have been partner, But one of the reasons why I didn't want to be a partner at the firm was because I didn't want to do sales. And then what do I do? I go into sales, (laughs) you know, direct sales. And so it's kind of ironic. But part of the reason why I never wanted to do that is because I had a massive fear of rejection. It was one of my biggest fears. And so that was a hurdle that I had to work through. And I'm grateful that I did uh, because now I can turn around and help my team members to do the same thing. But that was another big hurdle. So those were the two biggies.
0: Now that's interesting. Um, Let's circle back to your first struggle about the, uh, your identity being attached, right? And it's ego. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Making six figures, I am now making forty-two cents an hour. What the hell? (laughs) It's it's right. (laughs) The big mindset, uh, like moment where you have to uh, like understand that it it you're still worthy. It's still um a good thing, you know. Um, and I I I remember I'll circle back to like a part of my journey and. I remember when I decided I was no longer well it's not like I decided my health decided <laughs> in the in the yeah. legal industry I was um, my health had declined to a point where I didn't have much of a say no. and I'm, okay, yeah, I guess I'm just gonna have to leave, but at that point, I was already freelancing and I already had like uh, clients based off of uh, referrals from my web design and my blogging and'm my, sorry my freelance writing and so I thought i I got this right I got a plan i I got everything in place. And six months later, I didn't have anything but depression. <laughs> and it was a big ego. That's a huge, huge. Ego, really, really badly. Um, because I was a girl who had a plan that, that always worked out. So for it not to work out. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. It, it took me to places. And my husband and my family had to tell me, you know, um, you're not a failure. It just happens. And I have a, a large screw it, button. I do, it's like, okay, forget it, we're like, we're doing it, (laughs) and, um, but for a a very long time after that decline, I didn't have it, um, I didn't realize I needed it to do, and, like, to overcome certain things, um, and when I realized, like, my ego was attached to something like that, and it wasn't more so the, oh, I, I failed, and everybody can see that I'm a failure, but I felt, I felt it, deeply than i have ever had so that was a big moment for me but the ego that was attached to that like i used to make X, Y, and Z, and now it wasn't really the money actually it was just more of my plan didn't work what, what, mm-hmm. like, what do you mean it didn't work my plan didn't work wow. <laughs> this is bananas um and i think and I, that's why you always have to have a plan before you jump ship if you can um, when you're transitioning from one part from like corporate to your business um and like for my clients, I try to teach them that we we kind of develop that plan as we go along, but it's very, very important, and like the other part of that you you mentioned um eh, that is, is such a huge hit <laughs> it is mm-hmm. such a huge hit that I think is very important um and I've so lost my train of thought right here, but that's okay <laughs> That is it. it's an ego, yeah. It is ego. I'll uh, I'll have to circle back to that second point, but you you get what what I'm trying to say there about like trying to just kind of get over it, get over the hurdle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also an abundance coach, right? So how did you how did you decide to include that in the natural health part of essential oils and whatnot? Is it just based off of your own journey or things that you would, you just truly love helping each other,
1: others do? Well, it's kind of, was a natural outworking of my, my business because, you know, I educate people about essential oils and we joke around and we say, you know, I've got an oil for that, you know, no matter what your issue, I've got an oil for that, you know, so what what would happen is I would have people come to me and I do essential oil consultations all the time. and. You know give people an idea of what oils they can use to help with what p- I'd have people come to me and they would have like literally a laundry list of issues that they're dealing with you know diabetes hypertension um, they had heart disease they had fibromyalgia chronic fatigue I mean like I'm like looking at them like you're still alive I can't believe it you know and then what would come after this list of issues was always the same question mm-hmm. what oil can I use? And I'm like, dude, you are expecting a lot out of an oil. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I really wanted to do something to educate my customers and my potential customers even about what health looks like. You know, it's not just about taking an oil. I mean, we have a Western philosophy of a pill for every ill and we can't get to the natural health world and just replace it with an oil for every ill. You know, there's, there's a bigger picture that's involved. It's about how you move. what thoughts are you thinking? What are you eating? All of these things are massive, right? So what I did is I started off with a customer education program and in that process, I did a lot of self-reflection, and I thought to myself, you know, here I am, 50 years old. I've never been more physically fit, more physically well. I don't, I don't have any skin issues when I've struggled with them for 40 plus years of my life. Um, I have better, you know, relations, relationships. I have my emotions better in check. My financial health is better than ever. My spiritual health is better than ever. Why is it that I am experiencing this abundance, you know, in my life when other people seem to go from bad to worse? And I I thought to myself, the answer to this question is important because if it's just something that happened to me because I'm lucky, well, then that's not very helpful for anybody else. But if it was principles that i put into place um, that if other people apply these principles they too could walk in greater levels of abundance then I knew that I had something important to say. And as I started to reflect on the past 25 years of my life especially, I started realizing that yes, indeed I had been on a journey uh, for my physical health, for my emotional health, for my spiritual health, and that that journey, the result of the choices that I made along the way is what led to the abundance that I now experience. And so I created a course called Life More Abundantly, where I walk people through um, 10 different weeks uh, focusing on 10 aspects of health that cover financial uh, financial health, emotional health, um, physical health, and spiritual health. And so that's where uh, it came. I, I was really grateful to have done that. Um, I love that I get to teach people about abundance, but the bigger thing is I want people to have hope that no matter what their background is, no matter what their current health situation is, there's hope for abundance. And so, yeah, that's where it came from.
0: And that's pretty cool. Um, And it it ties into what we were talking about earlier about um, working so much, right? Mm -hmm. So again, new entrepreneurs work a lot around Mm the clock. Oh, Yeah. And especially if you already have a full time job and then you're working, you know, nights and weekends trying to get your business up and running most of the time, right? And we often forget to live. Mm-hmm. We don't set aside time for ourselves. We forget about our health, um, our mental side of that. Um, There's stress that goes along with it, but we often forget that life is more uh, than working. It's people they there's like a little discrepancy there right so they think that if i i do this then my life will be better but what what you want is the result that working or creating a business gives you the freedom the flexibility right the ability to work your own hours or the ability to take vacations as many times a year as you want um you know provided that you can do that but we we forget that it's important still um mm-hmm. And and I'm speaking to myself when I say that as well because I used to be the same thing and and during the beginning and my husband would ask me well he wouldn't ask me he would just be supportive but he would occasionally ask me like are you okay do you need anything and I'm like yeah yeah sure not so much no <laughs> yeah yeah right and I wasn't sleeping as much I wasn't um again and, and we had this conversation before but. He, he had to feed me. Like, ser- seriously, he would, hey, what did you have for breakfast? What did you have for lunch? What did, what did you have for dinner? And I just was worn I roll And I think a lot of new entrepreneurs were doing that, um, forgetting that it's important, you know? Yeah. And now that we're, we're still, a lot of us are still um, quarantined in a sense and um, still at home and work hasn't really opened up in a lot of places just yet or they're closing back down depending on where you are but um you know getting outside the house once a day or going for a walk or just talking to somebody is very very important um Mm -hmm. it it still goes along with that that journey of self-discovery when you're when you're creating a business but absolutely um i also want to include a link to what you were talking about earlier, um, I'd love to do that in a show notes So we make sure, you know, the tribe has that. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You had mentioned something a little earlier that I, I absolutely love, um, prior to this conversation about hiring yourself as a boss first and being committed to it. Yeah. Um, and I love that. <laughs> yeah. so I, you know, I, can you talk a little bit about that and what that means to the newbies out there?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting thought that we, we don't often understand as a new entrepreneur. And uh, when I teach my team members, I have them go through a series of lessons. And the very last lesson kind of addresses this. And it starts off with something that says, you know, I have good news for you. You are your own boss. You have nobody to tell you what to do, nobody to... You know keep you on task you no know, you know I kind of lay this out and I said but I also have bad news for you you're your own boss you have nobody to tell you what to do nobody to keep you on task <laughs> you know blah 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 and so we often you know idolize this idea of throwing off all of authority that's over us you know choosing our destiny being the masters of our destiny being the mm-hmm. the ones that are our own bosses and that's all wonderful if you have self-discipline. And one of the things that I find that happens, especially when people have, are used to being an employee, and especially when they've not been happy as an employee, is that they have a tendency to want to throw off all all this, um, like kind of somebody telling you what to do. And the, the thought that goes through their head over and over again is, well, who are you to tell me what to do? You're not gonna tell me what to do. Um, So then what happens is that you become your own boss, and you make a schedule for yourself, and you say, tomorrow, I'm going to commit to getting these three things done. And you wake up the next morning, and you have your three things there. Halfway through the day, you still haven't done that. You have, you know, a thought come into your mind, you know, you really should do X, Y, and Z. And then the immediate response is, Who are you to tell me what to do? (laughs) And even though we're talking to ourselves, we still feel that way because that voice of Uh, kind of reminding is like a voice of authority. It's the conscience. It's the one that would propel us into self-discipline. And if we don't hire ourselves as boss and say, okay, I choose to listen to you, Kimberly, when you tell me to do something, and it sounds silly, but it's so important because we need to develop that sense of discipline, focus, and accountability. I always believe that accountability is a great thing. Uh, some people look at it as you know maybe control or whatever i don't look at that that way at all when i mentor my team and they show up for a mentor call i'm there to help hold them accountable to what they said that they were going to do i'm not telling anybody what to do i'm just a voice of accountability and so chosen accountability is absolutely key Uh, be accountable to yourself hire yourself as boss And as an extra bonus, get somebody to be accountable to to kind of keep you on that path. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love
0: that because when you're making that transition from working for someone else to working for yourself, like you said, we often tend to not listen (laughs) to ourselves. We tend to think, or we wait for someone to tell us what to do when we need to be in a position of, figuring out because that's what ceos do right mm-hmm. of their own business that's what that's what we do we have to we are now in charge of the marketing the branding the story right the direction mm-hmm. and everything else in between mm-hmm. and yeah. you know when you think of it like that in in the way that you put it i think that that touches on so many points <laughs> and especially the accountability um You know, there's some people who can just kind of roll with it, right? They, you know, have their business and they kind of know what they're doing in a sense, probably, possibly based off of experience or whatnot. But then there are others who need to have a shift. You know, they they need to deliberately make that mindset shift to, I am now the CEO of my company. I I need to be held accountable for my actions in order, if I want this to be successful. Um, Yeah, exactly. And I think accountability sessions or mentorship, like you said, is
1: a great way to do just that. Absolutely. I mean, that's the best thing that you can do for yourself is to hold yourself accountable to somebody and to choose to do that and to look at it as a real thing as opposed to, oh, well, it's no big deal because, you know, it's just (laughs) so-and-so you know because of course we have an unlimited ability to throw off all that kind of accountability but that's not going to serve you in the end.
0: that's absolutely true so um let me ask what, what advice do you have uh for you know newbies just
1: starting out well definitely the spoils go to those who show up you know it's easy to run away from a battle you know, like if you were thinking about a war, it's easy to be the first one off the field. or even, But to be the last one on the field is tough. And and that's really who the spoils go to, is the, the last one standing. And so I would say, develop that sense of grit. You will be knocked down. There's no doubt. You're going to have, you know, all of your insecurities poked at, prodded at, challenged, um, and expect it. But don't, don't let yourself... You know, give yourself the grace to get to have time to work through things. There might be some seasons where you just need to take a little bit of a time out, you know, as you're processing some things. And I've done that. But always keep your your head to the task. Always keep your hand to the plow, so to speak. And don't run away from the battle. Because, you know, if you do not give up, you will win. Sometimes it seems like the journey you know, is like a never-ending series of giants coming at you, but every time that you, you know, throw a rock and bring a giant down, there might be another one coming, but you just got rid of that one, and that one was not going to come back again. So just develop perseverance, develop grit, don't give up, and it will pay off. Thank
0: you for that. That was amazing. Um, So can you share with the audience where they can find you, and what current offerings you have right now
1: yeah so uh, i mean i would love to invite anybody who wants to go on that journey to abundance to check out my course it's called life more abundantly you can find it at k-i-m-m dot m-e so k-i-m-m dot me slash l-m-a for life more abundantly and if they use code bbb building better businesses bbb they're going to get 20 percent off that course so uh, that's That's the one thing I would invite them to, but there may be some people out there who are like, I would love to start a business. I don't know exactly how to do that, and I really like the idea of being in natural health, and I do need mentorship. Well, I'll be glad to uh, help you on that if you're interested in connecting with me and my business. I love what I do, I have a team of thousands, but I only work with a very select handful of those directly, and so if you wanna be one of those, then connect with me and we'll chat. And you can find information about that on my regular website, which is KimberlyMalusis.com. Perfect. Thank you for that.
0: And um, I'll be sure to include all of this information in the show notes for for this episode. But um, thank you again, Kimberly, for being here and being such a great guest today. It was
1: a privilege.
0: (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully we can have another chat at some point because this has been amazing. I loved it. Um, All right, folks, well, that wraps up another episode of Building Better Businesses podcast, Mindset, Marketing, and Business Building Strategies. If you uh, like to connect with me or with Kimberly, please be sure to reach out to any one of us, and we will be sure to reach back out to you. So uh, thank you again, and take care. Bye, everyone.